but as we're giving them more and you're like okay who would you who do you think needs to go do this or who can you trust with doing this you're giving them more tasks more responsibility you're you're just saying delegating them more stuff when you're gone you're you're saying okay they're in charge you're giving them more but giving them less empathy less understanding and less grace and we really need to work on that leaders need constant developing it might be on the personal side of development or the professional side but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. I mean, I'll, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you got me here because that's that's good. So, I feel it was accurate. Like, what was your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, that's this is good. good. So, what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And on today's episode, I want to start a conversation about a bias that leaders need to be aware of. And this isn't the biases that we typically talk about, but it's for high performers. And if you've been following the last few episodes, we've been talking about this a bit. But in the conversations I've been having, and I'll be bringing some guests on, I have realized that... This is a bias that we need to be more aware of and start to pay attention of because it's affecting a population of team members a little differently and we need to start making some adjustments about it. So get your notepad, your note-taking materials, and let's get into today's message. No, um, no injury, thankfully, and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in. Um, and it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games, I think, just as a whole, um, not having an audience. There are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Um, so just a lot of different variables, and I think we're just a little bit too stressed out, um, but we should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. On August 3rd, I was scrolling through the news, just reading up on what was going on in the world, catching up on what was going on with the Olympics, and I saw this headline from NBCNews.com, and it took me back. I was a bit bothered by it. Because we've been having these conversations about, you know, changing organizational rules. If you've been listening to the last few podcasts and again, really catch up on those because it'll kind of allow you to have an understanding of where we're bridging towards in this conversation. And when I saw it, I was bothered because it read Simone Biles bounces back, but falls short of gold. And one of the things we explored in the conversation about changing organizational rules is this thing called high performance bias. And it just really allowed us to understand why we need to possibly really ensure that we're reviewing the rules and the regulations we have within our organizations and our companies, because there might be a level of bias that we have within one population than the other. And while we tend to talk about bias within, you know, certain cultures, groups, when we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We want to also look at other groups and populations and other things that we as leaders need to pay attention to that could be affecting the dynamics within our teams and how we treat different individuals. So I made a post about it 
And I want to read it real quick as we really get into this conversation. And I'm going to bring people on so we can explore this a bit more, because as I explore this conversation with others, I realized there was a lot of individuals who dealt with the same issue. And I'm like, we as leaders need to understand and ensure that and just check ourselves that we're not holding on to this bias. So it said, and again, the headline said Simone Biles bounces back but falls short of gold. And as we know, she had decided to take a step back because of a multitude of things, right? There was a conversation about mental health injuries. And later on, after after this happened, we found out she lost a family member. But regardless of what, she made a decision to step back. And there was so much support that I saw, which I'm super excited about, right? Because even when I made this post, there were so many people who supported it. But of course, you had individuals who had comments like, oh my goodness, she's letting her team down and had so much to say about her making that decision, that self-leadership decision, that decision to lead herself towards a decision that was going to benefit herself, her mental wellness, whatever she needed to do in that moment. So although she practiced resiliency resiliency and showed up for herself and bounced back, this headline highlighted the fact that she fell short of gold. So this is what I wrote. What's wrong with this headline, leaders? It highlights high-performance bias. It does not truly express empathy or humanizes the person, but highlights the prize as more valuable than the person's comeback. What is high performance bias? Please write this down. Pay attention to this leaders. The different expectations we have for individuals, team members who who perform at a high level, which can result to a lack of empathy and understanding. When your high performing team member takes a break, comes back after needing some time off, we should celebrate any and all victories. We must opt out of this narrative of falling short because any team member that effectively practices self-leadership and decides to come back to execute on the task mission at hand should be celebrated. New headline, Simone Biles shows resiliency, what we can learn from her powerful comeback. So I wrote a new headline because in this, it just canceled out the fact that she practiced resiliency With everything going on, she made a decision to show up for herself. There's so many lessons in that. But we highlighted the prize. So what kind of message are we showing or sending to other people out there? And as leaders, I want us to correlate again this to what we do in our organizations, in our companies. Imagine a team member taking some time off for whatever reason, and they come back. And maybe you're used to them producing, who knows, 20 tasks a day. They're able to execute on certain projects and they're done within a week or so. And you're having a discussion with them or you're having a discussion within uh, maybe a team meeting and you're saying, hey, so-and-so was able to bounce back. However, comma, They only produced four packages. However, comma, their packages were done in three weeks. It just canceled out everything. The fact that they're there, the fact that they're supporting your mission and vision, the fact that they showed up, they were able to push through. It cancels out all of that. And it is showing a message It's putting the message, it's creating a workplace culture that you put more value in the prize than you do in me. So that's why it bothered me. And there's so much leadership lessons in that. So when exploring these conversations about high-performance bias with friends who happen to be fellow leaders, individuals who have played in sports, or individuals that are just in different tiers of leadership, they're like, yes, I've been through this. I've been through this same exact thing where the expectation of me is a lot different than everyone else. And that's bothersome. I've been in those shoes. I've been in those spaces where I have been judged a lot differently than others when I might've just had one day of 
stress or I might have really been going through some things. Not, hey, are you okay? It was more like, hey, don't show up like that. Step it up. Something's off. Versus, hey, are you all right? What's wrong with you? You got to suck it up was the conversation. Wow. So as leaders, how often are we doing that? How often are we questioning our team members? And I, I, I do dislike the fact that we have like this, you know, these, these labels, right? Because we talk about high-performing team members, average team performers, but that's the reality. There are scales and we do have individuals who do more or um, a step of, than above than, uh, than others, right? They just stand out. That's just the reality. But as we're giving them more, and you're like, okay, who would you, who do you think needs to go do this? Or who can you trust with doing this? You're giving them more tasks, more responsibility. You're, you're just saying, delegating them more stuff. When you're gone, you're, you're saying, okay, they're in charge. You're giving them more, but giving them less empathy, less understanding, and less grace. And we really need to work on that. And it made me think about the other gymnast. And I had her name written down. But if you guys remember, there was a gymnast in the 90s who was doing a vault. Um, this was the um, sport where or the uh, competition where you will, you know, the gymnast will run, you know, they'll hit the little springboard doodah call it a doodah y'all <laughs> then they'll flip on the little uh the vault and then they're landing they have to stick that landing and she landed and hurt her foot her leg her ankle and she was hobbling on one foot like in pain you can just see how much pain she couldn't even put her foot down and in that moment she was told she had the belief that she had to do it again she was in pain, y'all. She was in pain. And this came up in conversation because as we were, again, I loved how, how much awareness that and empathy and understanding that the world is having now, not saying that they didn't have before, but again, with COVID and Kobe passing away and just how the world has just been having this great dialogue. I think that a lot of eyes and hearts have been open. A lot of companies are understanding the importance of empathy, understanding stress management, emotional intelligence, all those different factors, resiliency, stress management. It's great to see that we're looking at the the intrinsic side of individuals and how that plays into human performance. Mental toughness. And how a lot of that stuff does correlate, correlate a lot with athletes. So although there's not a lot of documentaries I can watch about, because they don't do documentaries about companies. And I mean, they do some, but I've been exploring a lot of these documentaries about athletes because there's so many connections that you can find in regards to leadership and you know the mentality and the same thing you have to do when you are a leader or you're in a company and it's time to execute or you're a business owner and so on. But you saw this young girl, young woman limping, I mean, sitting there and just hobbling. And I would think that, you know, even as people are looking at it, you would think that, isn't there like a buzzer to say, isn't there a white towel or a white flag someone can wave? The judges on the corner can say, hey, she can't continue. But she... Tried again, hobbling on one foot in pain. She did it again, stuck the landing, and we celebrated. It was one of those moments we celebrated. But looking at it now, we were like, why? That was the conversation in 2021. Why? Why? Couldn't we say, girl, go sit down? (laughs) Why couldn't we say, go take a break? Hey, take some time off. We see something's off here. Go sit down. 
instead of telling our team members, you know what? No, it's okay. Work a few more hours. We see that you're coming in and you look tired. We see that you're falling asleep at your desk. We see something is a little off or you're, you know, we see something, we see you hobbling in some format and we're, we're still like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a few more hours. We got to get these projects done. You need to hit that 20 instead of saying, you know what, when it's time to log off, log off. I want you to put yourself first. I need you to heal. I need you to work on yourself. So this high performance bias is so real. It's so real. And I remember when I had that conversation with that leader and again, I was just down that day. I was dealing with a lot. It was a heavy, heavy week, heavy to the point of tears, heavy to the point of just, it was just a lot. And that conversation and that text message I was getting while on that call was suck it up, get it together. And later on, I was talking to someone like, what, what is this? (laughs) Why can't, what happened to grace? What happened to the question of, Hey, is there anything you need? What happened to the follow-up conversation? It was just like, no, not in this space. You have to show up this way. And I understand that. I understand the aspect of as a leader, you do have to show up a certain way. But I would have rather had that other leader say, you know what? Take the rest of the day off or not even take the rest of the day off. You know what? I'll handle the call and you just rest. You just just log off and I'll take care of it. Whatever. But just a little bit more grace. So I really want us to recognize that some of us are navigating high-performance bias. This mindset or this these expectations we have for other individuals where you're giving them more, but you're giving them less in other areas where it comes to grace and so on. So one of the things I also decided to watch, I've been watching again, a lot of documentaries. I was I, I said earlier in a couple of podcasts ago that I was going to start watching the Naomi Osaka documentary, get some more leadership lessons. And um, it explored this again, where in the beginning she talks about, you know, no one knows the sacrifices you make just to be good. And there was another part on the episode where she went against Coco Goff. Coco Golf lost and she wanted her, she went up to her after she lost the match and she's like, Hey, listen, you know, like just trying to give her just a bit of love. And I loved like how you're seeing how, you know, these, these team members, these high performing athletes have been banding together. They understand what each one's going through. And she's like, listen, I want you to do this um, interview with me. And she's like, you know, Coco Golf is like, no, I, I don't want to do it. I'm going to cry. She's like, it's okay. She was like, you know, cry. It's okay. It's either, she was like, you can do it here or um, you can do it in the shower. She said, it's better than going in the shower and crying. And, and again, another example of, you know, the spaces and how high performers or these group of individuals on your team, they, 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 they deal with these emotions, but they have to hide it. They find these pockets in these spaces where nobody is looking to express themselves and then have to put on a brave face or they have to find pockets in time to hide because showing emotion or being vulnerable looks weak because they feel like they have to always be on. So she admittedly, admittedly said, it's better than going in the shower and crying. And I wonder how many tears are shed in the, in the, in the shower or maybe in the office. How ma- I wonder how many tears are shed in the bathroom or in the car or in someone's office real quick. And as you're walking in, someone's like getting their face together real quick. Because people feel the level of pressure and they feel like they have to be on all the time. Have we created a culture that puts so much much pressure on other individuals to show up a certain way that they feel that they have to always be on? And even the level of pressure that I saw 
when Naomi was losing that last match, because again, this was in episode one, she's like, you know, I'm the winner, I'm at the top, and I feel like I have to stay on top. It's just pressure from all these corners. And losing is like, you can't lose. You're not supposed to lose. Because being number one is celebrated more than being number two. High performers get the short end of the stick most of the time. They're always told to do more. You have to do more. You have to be more. Where again, those that we consider average performers or those that are still pushing again, their, their work, what they do to the, with the, within the company is all valued. It's important. It all aids towards the mission and the vision. It does. But you see in certain cases where they might get passes, they'll still get the pat on the back they'll get more grace than that high performer. They'll get their leave approved. They'll get more understanding than that high performer. And that's where it gets problematic. And this this is what I was hearing in the conversations that I was having. While the individual that still aids in that mission and vision going forward isn't question as much. The high performer that's doing 10, 20 extra packages or staying one to two hours longer or whatever they're doing that you see as high performance is questioned more. It's told that they're letting the team down. It's told that they seem off. It's told that they need to suck it up more. They don't get the follow-up. They don't get the check-ins. They don't get the grace. Have you experienced that as a leader? Have you? And for some people, this is something that they've experienced a lot of most of their lives. So this is within like intrinsic, it's within them. So even for me, again, as I mentioned earlier, I do speak on this when I do talk about DE&I, and we talk about um, imposter syndrome and how certain cultures, you know, typically it happens to black and brown people that they navigate the world navigating um, imposter syndrome because they live within a world where unfortunately the biases and um, unconscious bias and just the narrative about them has been a lot different. So when they go into the professional space or even within um, their bubbles of their home, their families, they've been told, hey, when you go out into the world, you're going to have to fight harder. You're going to have to work harder. You're going to have to constantly prove yourself because the way you're going to be treated is different than others. So you're kind of told and put into the world, hey, you have to go and you have to perform higher than others. You have to prove yourself a little bit more than others because unfortunately, you're going to be looked at and you're going to be judged differently than others. So there are a group of people that are already being developed to have this mentality already, which is unfortunate, but it is true, right? And we, we've seen proof of that over time. So you have that. So as somebody, again, as an immigrant, you go into, again, another country, parents have lost, not lost everything, excuse me, they stepped away from everything, decided, hey, we're going to utilize this great opportunity in the U.S., rebuild, and it is about execution, it's about going to school, Aisha, working hard. We don't have time to play games. <laughs> you need to do what needs to be done. Execute, execute. High performance. So I live with that in my mindset as a little girl when I came to the U.S. While navigating all kinds of trauma. But behind that, it was like, you got to execute. But the trauma was pushed to the side. And it messed with my mental wellness. So outside, things might have looked great. You know, I I wrote this book for um, young people. You know, it's called Trendsetter. And it talks about like, it gives them seven steps to really walk towards individuality and understanding how to navigate like the pressure of being, you know, a youth navigating the world and the level of pressure that young people navigate, right? And preparing them for... Um, adulthood and so on. 
So in that book, I really talked about, you know, the level of stress and pressure that I had that it seemed like nobody noticed until I had a breakdown, a total breakdown. And there are a lot of people that that happens to. We've seen that breakdown. And again, you know, we've seen that breakdown with celebrities. We've seen that breakdown with athletes. We've seen that breakdown with people that they'll blast all over the TV. But we've seen that breakdown where we're like, wait, what happened? And we tend to forget the human side of people. We just start thinking about the mission, the vision. We forget that there is mental health. We forget that that people are still navigating stress. There are people that are navigating health issues. They're navigating so much. And we have to remember those things. So as I developed this mindset of high performance, again, I was crumbling inside. Like somebody see me. So although I navigated that in my adolescence, that mindset was still there. Even as I joined the military, you talk about high performance. It's about, it's really about high performance there. And of course the culture has changed and there are other workplaces that are like that where conversations about mental wellness, you know, again, I'm a massive resiliency trainer. So we talk a lot about, you know, that intrinsic aspect of um, leadership and, um, really bringing together that togetherness and that bond and that community and that, that connection and brotherhood, sisterhood, wingmen, and that bond and connection that we need within our teams. And that has really, I've seen that shift happen from when I joined to now, which is beautiful to see. But again, we, again, we individually have to make sure that we're still checking ourselves and ensuring that we're aware and asking ourselves, are we treating other team members differently than others? Where people that might not even be speaking up or saying anything are saying that, whoa, this is too much. They might not be saying anything to you. They might have not had their breakdown right now. But is there a Simone Biles walking in the midst? Is there someone that might be might soon have that moment where they need a break? What are you going to say? What are you going to do? Are you going to support them or are you going to make them feel bad? Are you going to question them? And this is happening to the men in our in the sports too. I know I'm utilizing I've utilized examples of um the women, those athletes that I've been exploring, but same thing. I watched another documentary over the weekend and you saw the same thing happening. I mean, I watched the Michael Jordan documentary, same thing. You saw the level of pressure that he was dealing with his team and things they were dealing with on the personal side. And of course, you know, Michael Jordan is a a, a beast in himself, like just the level of just greatness and things that he's done. But again, you have individuals who innately have this level of, hey, I have to always perform at a high level. They have this high expectation of themselves, which is awesome. I think it's good that we have these expectations of ourselves. However, we need to normalize. We also need to normalize if someone decides to take a break, which he took a break, he stepped away from basketball. And that was, I mean, if you just watch that piece of that documentary, it was like, what you did, what you, you gave up on your team. Look at what you did to your team. It was just all this <laughs> when he took a break that he deserved to take. I also watched Untold Malice at the Palace, and this talked about um, there was a 2004 incident that happened uh, with some, you know, key players. It was like an NBA game, and um, it was a major fight that happened, right? And it's it's still stuff that, you know, unfortunately plagues some of these players. But when you really got to the deep deeper layers of what was going on, what they were navigating, their stories, their mindsets, why they responded, and how one specific player 
was really, he was going through a process of, he was going through therapy. Ron Artest specifically, who's now known as Meta World Peace. He was going through therapy. He was in a moment actually practicing his tools, utilizing his tools, doing the countdown. Hey, I'm trying to calm down, doing my four, five, three, two, one, trying to calm myself down. Was triggered by an, by an action by a um, someone in the stands. But even in that time, they talk about how it wasn't normalized that um, that players were having. Um, they were saying that it wasn't normalized for players to talk about, you know, therapy at that time. It wasn't something that they that was being talked about as 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 it is being talked about now. And you see, you saw how the players were villainized. And again, it's not saying that maybe all the actions of everybody was, was, was right. However, did they not have a right to defend themselves? Can we look at again, the, the side of maybe the fear, the mental health aspect of it? what these individuals dealt with before, after? Did anybody consider any of those things? What they might be even dealing with now? Maybe the thing that still haunts them because of those things that happened. How, was, how, how those things affected those around them? The suspensions and maybe not getting paid, how that affected their family. What those individuals had to say to them. Because we have to realize that as leaders, the level of pressure or the lack of grace or the things that we do can trickle into how that person shows up in the household. And yes, we might not think it's our responsibility. However, I've shared this before, as much as we like to have this mindset of, hey, separate personal and business, it still does trickle into the workplace. It does. It, it does trickle into it. And there is a level of separation that we do need to have. But are we creating at least a healthy workplace culture? Are we having healthy dialogue and conversations? Are we ensuring that we at least are doing our part as leaders to practice the level of self-awareness and ensure that we're checking ourselves to make sure that we are doing our best to create a culture where we are at least treating our team members at an equal pace? That's the important part. So let's talk on this other piece of some tools and strategies to make sure that we are checking in and we are taking steps towards really pulling back from having this high performance bias. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Leaders set trends, five employee retention secrets you never knew. Leaders, you have to recognize to decrease the number of team members departing your organization and companies. You not only have to sharpen your leadership skills, but you also have to create and usher in innovative ways for an improved culture and climate. So this book that I wrote is going to allow you to understand and identify the five specific areas you need to know to transform the workplace through improved communication, collaboration, reduced conflict, and most importantly, the things that's going to allow you to become a highly competitive brand, business, or company. So if you want to get more information, go to my page and go grab a copy now. AishaThomas.org backslash shop. Again, AishaThomas.org backslash shop. And look for the book, Leaders Set Trends, Five Employee Retention Secrets You Never Knew. Again, that's AishaThomas.org backslash shop. Terry Strug is in trouble. She just stumbled there. She either turned her ankle. Falls short just like Mochianu. I, I don't know the last time Terry Strug did something like that. This is her event. Her first score, 9.162 to do. She will go and she is ready.
Barry Slug is hurt. She is hurt badly. Well, John, we saw her lifting after the first ball. She has either twisted her ankle or, or something worse. She hurt herself on the first ball. Probably the last thing she should have done was vault again, but she did, and now she is in a lot of pain. The amazing thing about it, though, John, she raised her hands overhead. Her head, she finished the ball. Standing on one leg. So one of the first things that I want us to do as leaders is I want you to check in with yourself. Check in with yourself because as we are looking externally to ask ourselves if we are treating our team members differently. How are you in regards to high performance? How do you see that? How do you truly see high performance? What does that look like for you? Because again, what high performance looks like for me might look different to you. And also what scale are you putting yourself on? Because I've seen where how you will navigate the workplace is the same level of expectation that you'll put on someone else. But why is that? And shout out to my chief, my chief, my military organization. I love her because, you know, if she decides to work over the weekend, she will specifically say, listen, guys, I, if you guys see me, she is on leave for, for the next week or so. And she's like, listen, I, if you guys need me, hit me up. Or I might work, she might say, hey, I'm working later over the weekend. But she will specifically say, that does not mean that I want you to do the same thing. Please don't see what I'm doing <laughs> as the expectation. Like she will say that, right? And even for myself, I say that to my team as well. I say, hey, we have to do this. However you complete it is however you complete it. But please know that I'm not saying you need to work late. You need to work over the weekend. However you divvy that out, we just know this is the deadline. But don't think that you have to. I want you guys to prioritize yourself. I always emphasize that because, for instance, this past weekend, I had some things I had to take over and knock out. I have a team member that is about to have a baby, super excited for her. We're a couple team members down. So I'm having to work a little, you know, extra. And I've made that decision. I've, I've made some adjustments to do that. And that's okay. But I don't want my team to believe that that's the expectation of, of them as well. But there are some leaders out there that have that expectation. Or you might have that expectation for someone else versus someone else. So I want you to, I want you to look at what you consider high performance. Do you, under, do you know the roles and responsibilities of your team members? And I know that might sound crazy, but really, you know, we're executing and we're looking at the vision and we're functioning at a capacity where we're looking at certain things at a certain tier or just our roles and responsibilities might be so dialed in in one space that we might not know what all our team members do. Some leaders don't know. So do you really understand the roles and responsibilities of your team? It might be time for you to really to look at that, find if there are new ways for them to execute on those roles and responsibilities, see if that they have, there's new innovative ways or new systems or ways to execute on things, because that might help alleviate a lot of, uh, you know, practices that might just be outdated or things that are taking longer than expected um, or longer than they should be. But essentially, what does high performance look like to you? And are you holding people to an expectation that's not realistic? Is there a balance? And even for yourself, ask yourself, what does that look like for you? Is there a conversation that you need to have with your leadership, right? If you're not the CEO that's listening, maybe you have someone you um, have to answer to. You have a leader, and there's a conversation you need to have because this applies to us as well, leaders. As we move up to different tiers, the level of pressure, the level of stress, the weight that we have to carry is just so much more. So we need to also be able to have those conversations with our leadership as well. Or even again, as a CEO, what level of expectation are you putting on yourself and how is it affecting everybody else within your team? because of those expectations. So that's one of the first things I want you to look at. The next thing I want you to look at is when you look at all of your team members, 
is there individuals that you give more to than others? And if so, why? And yes, the easy answer to that might be because they're more capable. But for me, I don't, I think that's the easy way out. And yes, you might not have the capacity to train. You might think like I might take too long, but we really want to make sure that individuals that might need additional training, who might need additional support, that they get it. Because yes, you might have as someone that learns a different way or picks up things at a different pace, or maybe this person is a visual learner or this person is more hands-on. But we want to make sure our team are getting, or excuse me, they're supporting the mission as equally as possible. So everyone should be able to hold on or be able to pull at least an equal amount of weight. I mean, just think about it. Just think about if you had to carry, you know, a big crate of a big cart of something and you have four team members, one holding each side. But just imagine if one side of that crate was heavier than the other and you had that one team member, maybe they're in the back corner and they're just like carrying so much of a bigger load and the people, two people in the front, just skating along, just dancing, singing, they're joking up front, they're doing TikTok dances and everything. While this person in the back is just carrying all the weight or the two people in the back are carrying all the weight. But just imagine if you spread it out evenly. And how much more that will make the journey a lot better. And you know that person wouldn't crash and burn at some point. Because at some point, that person in that back corner is going to shut down or get tired. At some point, those their shoulders are going to get a little heavier. At some point, they're going to break down. Or even if you know the two people in the back, they work out a little bit more. They might be able to carry a little bit extra weight. That's Okay. And maybe the two people in the front, they don't work out as much. And maybe, you know, the people in the back carry the 50 pounds and the two in the front carry the 30 pounds. But at least there's a level of um, equal distribution in some kind of way. Because sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you might have two people that do this and two other people. That's fine. But there's still a level of equal balance there. So we really want to make sure that you're looking at all your team members and asking, all right, have you been putting more weight on another person than the other? Because you do have some people who are uncomfortable with saying no. They're thinking about their family. They're thinking about the next job opportunity. They're thinking about a, a, a ton of things. And saying no might be uncomfortable. Or it could be a multitude of reasons why they'll keep say putting on to their plate. There might be someone that is a people pleaser. They might be more, they might be more apt to just take on more than they should. I'm guilty of that. They might lack boundaries. They might not know that no is a complete sentence. And we just had a conversation about that with the personal development community that I'm a part of. So really assess that and really start coming up with a plan of how you can start distributing the work a little evenly. Give another person more responsibility so they can add and they can support the team more effectively. And if it requires training, it's okay. Buckle up and train them because just imagine how much less weight is going to help. Um, it's going to take off the other person so they don't crash and burn in week three. Now, because you've taken trying and trained this person, they're going to have more capacity and strength. They're going to be able to last longer. They're going to have more endurance because you took time to train them up and you've given um, this other person more responsibility. So that is the next thing. The next thing you want to do is make sure you take time and just apologize if you need to. Address it if you need to. Ask the questions. Create a culture to let and remind your team that Hey, listen, start creating a culture where prioritizing self and practicing self-leadership is normalized. I gave you examples earlier. Because again, if you decide to work all weekend, that's okay. But that shouldn't be the expectation of our team members. It shouldn't. And again, essentially, I want you to produce or execute however you choose to, because again, we're individuals and we have a choice in how we show up and how we decide to lead. But again, always picture that cart 
And imagine making that team member run seven days a week versus making them run or allowing them to run five days a week, as mentioned on their, you know, new, new, (laughs) new orientation that they work five days a week and then they get two rest days. The endurance that they have is going to be much more than you making them work seven days a week. So when they show up on Monday, they'll have a lot more strength and energy. So visualize that. So start creating a culture where it's normalized that breaks are okay. Taking off is okay. For that high performer that you might be judging a little bit more or, hey, get it together. Start asking questions. Are you okay? Is there anything you need from me? Take a break. I tell my team member that I've seen logged in after work hours, uh, log off. Cause I know this is the person that tends to go above and beyond, which I love and I, I appreciate it, but I check in with them as well. How are you doing? But I will instant message them and say, log off. Okay, ma'am, I'm logging off now. <laughs> Please do go rest, go take time to yourself, go spend time with your family. Because the level of commitment that you have for this organization, I want you to have that for your family and for yourself as well. There are a lot of people who go home and they are just tired and they are already dedicating X amount of hours to us. And now they're only giving but so much to their families or but so much to themselves. I want you to go home and give energy to your family, your loved ones, to yourself. So start to create that culture, change that language. If you're going to ask why, ask why, ask, ask this why, why have you, why haven't you taken a day off in months? Why are you logged on this late? Why aren't you taking a lunch and you're always at your desk eating at your desk, go outside, go get some sun. Why haven't you delegated that task? And also make sure that you're highlighting and you're recognizing those wins, small, medium, or large, because we have a gauge of what we consider a great task or a great highlight. But let's really start to normalize that every win is something to be highlighted. Everyone on our team should be highlighted, thanked. Let them know that you appreciate them because every piece of their work, all that they do, it means something. It allows us to execute on what we need to execute because now I don't have to focus on that because you got this. So let's remember that. So I'll just leave you all with that, with those points to look at. First, self-reflection. Right. I love the self-reflection. We always want to start with self-reflection first, how we look at high performance. Then we'll look at our teams. Identify who we've been putting more pressure on, balance out the load. Create that culture that promotes self-leadership, self-care, normalize the importance of taking care of self taking time off. The why questions that we ask are those questions that promote the culture of, hey, I find you important. I value you as the person and I need you to value your time. I want you to value your lunch. I want you to value, hey, clock out (laughs) and go home. Go spend time with your family. Just changing that culture. And then highlighting all wins, small, medium, or large. So practice that, embed that, utilize that. And you'll see a big shift in the culture of the workplace. So we're not treating high performers differently. We can find a level of balance in how we show grace, empathy, and understanding to all our team members. So I hope that information benefited you. I hope that connected in some kind of way. 
If you want to share a story, email me info at aishathomas.org. Drop it in my comments on social media if you choose to. And again, I'm going to bring some individuals on to interview and just talk about their stories of navigating high performance, how on the outside you see one thing, but on the inside, they're breaking down. And these are going to be some good friends of mine that we just had this conversation to kind of explore this process. Because yes, our team members, we shouldn't expect them to tell everything that's going on in their lives. But again, this will hopefully add that um, that component of bringing empathy to leadership and giving you a peek inside on what really might be happening or going on behind the scenes with individuals so we can walk in with a little bit more grace and understanding and finding a balance of, hey, we need to execute, but also I need you to prioritize yourself. So I appreciate you guys tapping in tonight. As always, if you know someone that would benefit from this message, this podcast, make sure you share it, right? Share this episode with them. Don't forget to leave a review because by leaving a review, that's how this message is spread. More people can hear it. More people can listen to it. So please help me on the journey to reach more leaders by leaving a review on this podcast, whatever platform that you're listening listening on. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on all platforms at Miss Aisha Thomas, I'm on YouTube at The Miss Aisha. It's in the show notes. And as always, if you need any support in regards to resiliency training, anything related to leadership development, and all that information is on my website, all the support I can provide in consulting or training, go to AishaThomas.org. And I would love to come in and support your organization, your team, even yourself in getting to the next level in mindset and leadership within your organization and all those layers. I want to help you get to that next level. So thank you all for listening today and I hope you all have a great week and stay tuned because those interviews are on the way.